Lock on transporters. Beam us up. Scotty. If everything goes according to plan, come beam us up. Captain, beam me up. Hello and welcome to Pod Me Up Scotty, a podcast where we rewatch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I am Andrea. And Oshin is currently MIA. Today we are discussing Enterprise Season 2, Episode 2, Carbon Creek. I'm Oshin. <laughs> yeah, just three hours later. And today we are introducing another feature. And we're talking about two episodes in one. So we will be discussing Carbon Creek and Minefield in that order. <laughs> so yes. let's start with Carbon Creek, which is the Paul disputes accepted accounts telling Archer and Trip a story about her great grandmother and three other Vulcans crash landing in Pennsylvania in the 1950s. So I thought that you would like this episode, but I think that you didn't. I hate is a strong word, but I disliked this episode intensely. I mean, I think if someone hated me, I'd be <laughs> less insulted than if someone said, I intensely didn't enjoy being with you. With a passion. I hated you sounds way better. I was so pleased to be able to click continue because I think if we'd been recording one episode for that, and I'd stopped watching Star Trek Enterprise after that episode, I may not have come back. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Tell me why you disliked it intensely. I just thought it was a completely pointless episode. We learned nothing from it. It was the definition of filler. And yeah, didn't like it. Didn't care for it. Never want to watch it again. Minefield. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh... <laughs> No, did you like it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is the first episode that we're actually going to have a disagreement on. I guess it's not one of my favorite episodes, but I did like it. And I see, this is where my bias comes in because I fucking love Vulcans. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. If this was about any other character. <laughs> um. No, actually, like, I think... This is the closest thing we're going to see to Paul being... Well, I'm, I, I don't know, but I think it's one of the closest things we're going to see of Paul talking about her personal life. And it's not her directly, but I think it's interesting to see how Vulcans interacted with humans before first contact, quote-unquote, was made. I don't know. I think it's a fun idea. Maybe it could have been done better. Yes. I also don't believe that they went to America in the 1950s because, I don't know, there's women driving. <laughs> I don't know when women were allowed to drive without a husband <laughs> and all that, but I don't think, I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, I, I know we've talked about how 1950s was the worst period before. I don't think it was that bad that women weren't allowed to drive, but at the same time, I can't imagine being an alien from a highly advanced civilization, it's highly advanced civilization, civilization. and going to 1950s, and going to 1950s America and thinking, 
yeah, I think I'd rather stay here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's obviously not aged well in that respect. I think the social awareness of the early 2000s wasn't all that great either. And obviously, it's already canon when they arrived to Earth and when first contact was made. So it's not like they could be setting this in another year after that. Because first contact is first contact. So if you want to make something before that, then it has to be before that. Um, but I remember my grandmother is... Well, I don't know when she was born because I don't know how old she is. <laughs> She's late 80s. And she couldn't drive or have a bank account without her father or husband signing off on it. It's not like that crazy that in the 1950s, I'm surprised that a woman could drive a car. <laughs> because my grandma could drive yeah, a car yeah. with my grandpa's permission. But then again, that is Spain. That's not the Americas. But I always thought that the 1950s were kind of like that for everybody. It's not like there was one country where women had all the rights already in the 1950s. So I don't know. That is weird. But I, yeah, I like this episode overall. I think it's interesting. And since you don't like it, I'm just going to continue speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fascinated to know what you think. I'm just saying about this. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read my notes. For the quote I put on a t-shirt, I have... The paper appears to have value. <laughs> <laughs> and I would add, obviously, a dollar bill or something. Yeah. But that was so funny to me. It's like, do Vulcans not have a capitalistic society? <laughs> that, fame, that money. Clearly not. Um, that was funny. Also, Vulcan's sonic screwdriver. <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> I, that's one of my notes. He pulled it out, and I was like, that is Eleven's Sonic yeah. Screwdriver. So that was funny. Then I I enjoyed the awkward Vulcan roommate situation, and I would hate to be there. <laughs> like, imagine living yeah. with three Vulcans. <laughs> it's just that would have been amazing. So I, I think that's what really... I like it is it's funny that whole situation is funny and even last season my spin-off idea was of Kov going to earth and learning about human culture and this is essentially what they were doing but they did it in literally the most repressive and lacking in compassion era in human history yeah <laughs> and I just like you when so when was the when was the first contact canonically like the 20 Presumably this century that we're in now. Wait. I just think there's better periods that they could have gone to, like the 80s. Maybe they didn't want to go somewhere too close to where they were filming, which I kind of understand. But I don't know. I just feel they could have had a lot more fun with it. Like Throw in a random human character. They say it in the episode, and I just remembered, it's April 5th, 2063. Yeah. So in so in forty years. In forty years and three days after my birthday, I'll celebrate first contact. Me too. I'll be there with you. Yeah. I'll be I just realized that I will be almost seventy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in my seventies. I'm gonna be seventy two. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well that was depressing. <laughs> We're still gonna be recording this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll make a special episode <laughs> for that th for that day. We may have reached 
the next generation. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they could have done so many things. I think any decade other than the 50s and the 60s, maybe. Even the 60s would have been more interesting, though, because you have racial conflicts, uh, you have gay rights, you have so many things that they... Like, if you were to land in America in the 1960s with all the racial conflict and all the problems and you get aliens thrown into that, I think they would have seen the ugly side, quote-unquote, of humanity in a better way than a nuclear problem. Yeah. Because we know that it didn't destroy humanity. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. But now we, we see that in the 50s it didn't. But the racial problems did change everything in society back then. There are still changes that need to be done. But like back then it was a complete change. The 1950s and the 1970s are so different because of what happened in the 60s. And I think that would have been so interesting to see Vulcans struggle with adapting or wanting to stay or wanting to leave when they're seeing that between us we don't like each other <laughs> yeah um but again i do like this episode i obviously have my criticism and would like some things to be different but overall taking into consideration what year this came out in i feel like that's okay I think them in the 90s would have been so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or just, yeah, 70s, 80s, any any other decade, I feel, would have been much better. Even before. Throw them into the roaring 20s. Yeah, exactly. Victorian era, I don't know. Victorian era! <laughs> this, is, this is a Doctor Who episode now. I mean, Vulcans would have fit in perfectly into the Victorian era. <laughs> Honestly? Yeah. <laughs> They would have. I just think this episode, I just don't know what point it was trying to make because, is it Mensal is his name? What? Mensal? I, 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 you're, you're asking me about a name? <laughs> I don't even know. That's how interested I was in this episode. But his whole point is that humans are capable of empathy and compassion. But the episode doesn't show us that, really. We don't get a moment of... Like, a big moment of human empathy and compassion. And Tamir, I think, makes the point that if you revealed yourself, if they found out what you were, you wouldn't see that empathy and compassion. And so, Which is why I think true. it would have worked so much better in the 60s. Yeah. Because they were white passing, so they would have been nice to them. And then suddenly they have pointy ears and pointy eyebrows. And they would have been like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, like this episode, it could have given us a moment where he does reveal himself to someone and they are accepting of him. But this Vulcan who sees the good side of humanity and the empathy and compassion, as far as we're concerned, spends 100 to 150 years hiding who he is. So he would have been there for first contact. Yeah, and I bet he would have bloody ran to the Vulcan <laughs> ship to take him home. <laughs> Please, I made a mistake. I was wrong. I was so wrong. I mean, that means that he's alive right now. Hello? Possibly. I mean, they just didn't think it through. I mean, we've talked before about how the crew of Enterprise go down to all these planets without doing the proper tests. I mean, 
this this guy could have died of a common cold. The chances that he never cut himself and bled green in front of another human. Well, for that, writers have to remember that they bleed green. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. We did see green blood in this episode when they crashed. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a mistake. I think they 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 ran out of red blood. I think this episode was a mistake. <laughs> well, I have more. I have, I have more notes. Okay, go. I want to hear your notes, Andrea. What are your notes? Velcro. <laughs> that's that's oh the show. Velcro. Alright. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Velcro. And then I have a uh, another comment that is. Paul's family is very into humans, I guess. Because, I mean, not sexually, yet, because the writers are slow. <laughs> but, like, in the end, uh, Tamir, who is the great-grandma, allows him to stay because she understands that he wants to stay with humans. And even she uses Velcro to pay for a human's tuition. So... They have a soft spot for humans, I guess. And I, I, I put that, uh, it's very into humans, I guess. And then also below, also boss ass bitches. Because she was a commanding officer. <laughs> so she's a boss ass bitch. I think Tamir and Menzel both suffer severe brain damage in the crash. Because the Vulcan Mo was the only one who maintained his Vulcan logic. Mo was right. Hashtag Mo was right. Mo was right. Because Shamir should have ordered Menzel to come home because it was absolutely... Like, the risk of cultural contamination Well, it worked out fine. Just leave... What is one Vulcan gonna do? Nothing. They're useless. They're useless. They're not gonna. What is he gonna do? It's not like he's working in the mines and exploded a wall that could have crushed him and made him bleed green. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I think it was a silly little episode. Obviously, a filler. Obviously, it doesn't give us anything in regards to plot advancement or anything. But also, it's the second episode of the season. It doesn't need to do that because we know from seeing the first season and talking about it that. They don't do that. They don't advance the plot. <laughs> so. Yeah, but this this was like... I feel like this was in reverse. In reverse. I mean, literally, time-wise, it was in reverse because we went back to it. I also... I feel like if T'Pol had had this connection with Earth before, I feel like it may have come up. No, because she's a private lady. Yeah, I guess. I think it makes sense that she... She said it when she had the opportunity socially to say it. Come on, you know that she's not going to be around telling stories about her family. And even Trip and Archer were like, so is this a story or nah? Yeah, I don't know. I just... Okay, well, minefield. No, can I, can I ask you a question though? Can I ask you a question? Sure, of course, you can ask. I'm sure you probably don't remember, but when you first watched this, did yeah. you think what I thought that they were going to do kind of a twist and reveal that Paul actually had some human blood in her. When when Tamir was first talking to Jack about the meditation, I thought there was chemistry there. I thought there was sparks. He's a kid. He's a minor. 
he's like what, nineteen? Eighteen? Well if he's going into college seventeen or eighteen. He's legal. Also, don't make me say your real name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it could be the Mrs. Robinson situation. Mrs. Vulcan. No. No, I didn't think that. I did think that they would give us... I'm not going to finish that sentence because I don't remember the rest of the show. (laughs) On that note... Yes. ...of creepy age gaps, what what, what is the age gap between Triff and T'Pol? They're both consenting adults. (laughs) 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 Okay. I see. I, see I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I know that <laughs> she's obviously older than him. Obviously. Oh yeah. And I would assume that he's in his thirties. Question mark. Yeah. Um. But I. What I'm. What I am deciding to do. In order to justify it. Of course. Is <laughs> think that she is in her thirties. Vulcan wise. You know, if their lifespan is 150, her 30s would be 50. Okay. So that's what I'm deciding. Uh, They are in the same point in life. It's just that their lives are different. Listen, I ship an elf and a dwarf. Obviously, I don't care about those kind of (laughs) age gaps. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... She is a she's a cradle snatcher. She's a cradle snatcher. What? She's a cradle snatcher. He's thirty. <laughs> yeah, but when he when she was in her legitimate thirties, Trip wasn't even born. Right, but it's very likely that everybody is born at some point before their partner was born. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you were born okay. before okay, I was right. born, so that means that you're. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't whatever, care. Okay, like, they're different whatever, species. Whatever it works differently. They're different species, so it works differently. Okay. Moving on. Okay, Andrea. I would date a Vulcan, even if she was thirty years older than me. They're still gonna be my I age. Mean, so would I. I wouldn't date a human that is 30 years older than me, depending on who that is. That is a lie. That that is a that is a complete I'm calling my own bluff. <laughs> <laughs> but it has to be a very Pedro Pascal, if you're listening, <laughs> you don't mean it. <laughs> Kate Blanchett, you're also you're only 25 years older than me. <laughs> and I'm free on Thursday night. I'm actually not. I'm actually not free on Thursday night. I'm working. Wow. Sorry, hang on, hang on. Hang on. There is no way in hell that if Kate Blanchett called you up and was like, are you free Thursday? You'd be like, no, I'm working. No, there's no way in hell. I'll be free for her for any any day of my life. I may be getting married, and if she messaged me, I'd be like, yeah, I can do that day. No worries. Um, I just want to say, I did like when... It I ended. Say, I did like when, when it ended. I did like when it ended. <laughs> I did like when Archer said, "What was it?" He said something. It was two weeks, and she corrected him and said ten days. I like that. That's when they said that the record of a Vulcan in a human ship was two weeks, and she said ten days. 
two weeks. That was it. Yeah, ten days. Thank you. I liked when Menzo had the best excuse ever for watching TV. I'm doing research. That's what we all are doing all the time. Yeah. I mean, we are doing it because we have to do it. For right, this. exactly. I liked when Tamir caught Menzel kissing the lady and she said you were engaged in intimate activity. <laughs> yeah. That's an, another good sentence quote to be on a t-shirt. You were engaging in intimate activity. One for the one for the dating profiles. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for intimate activity. <laughs> That that won't that won't backfire at all. No. <laughs> what do you mean? No, definitely not. That's a perfectly normal thing. To say. <laughs> anyway, minefield. <laughs> well, do, do you want to do our awards per episode, or do you want to do them for both episodes at the end? Um, I mean, we said line on a t-shirt, and I think that's the only thing that this is gonna get, right? This is a strong contender for me for worst episode. Oh my lord! I mean, I know we're only two episodes in, but this is—I mean, this is this is worse than anything in season one for me. This is worse than Terra Nova. No, it's not. It is. No, it's it not. is, Andrea. It is no. absolutely worse than Terra. We it are is. not in agreement. No. This is worse than Terra Nova. This is definitely worse. If there's an episode that's worse than this, was the Paul right? <laughs> No. Was the was the Paul right to tell the story? No. The question is, was the Paul right? That's the, the one that we have a tally on. She was right in that it was ten days and not two weeks. Two, ten days is not two weeks. Perfect. Thank you. So, Minefield. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode three, and the summary is the ship strays into a minefield, Reed gets pinned to the hole during a spacewalk, and Captain Archer must choose between saving his life and obeying an order to leave Romulan space immediately. So many spoilers! So that's such a bad, <laughs> that's such a bad summary. So, what do you have to say about this episode? Better than fucking Carbon Creek. I fucking hated this one. <laughs> you hate? It? Are you joking me? <laughs> Did you prefer Carbon Creek? I was so ready for it to finish. I have so many notes, though. I can speak about it, but I hated it. Wow. Okay. This is this is this is fun. <laughs> Wait, do, do you want to start? I mean, I will start. I I will start with a negative. Why do you think the writers are not even doubling down, but like tripling down on Reed not having <laughs> any personality? My one of my notes. <clears throat> Archer is trying really hard to give him a personality. <laughs> I mean, like, I would, it just, it must be incredibly boring to write a character so boring. Would you not want to give them something? And to play him. Like, this was the perfect episode. I think if they gave him a personality, this was the perfect episode for that to happen. Because... Reed has an excuse, quote-unquote, to not share anything about his personal life. And he says that to Archer, being like, I don't think it's appropriate to, I don't know, talk about shit with my co-workers. I don't know. But he has that excuse, right? He has that mentality. And now, uh, with Archer telling him, well, that's not going to cut it for me, that would have been great. 
for him to be like, oh, well, then in that case, I think it's fair to talk about my likes and dislikes. I don't know. I also like peach on top of pineapple. Like, I don't know anything. But no, no, that didn't happen. Why would that happen? Twice. Twice I know. the writers have given Reed a near-death experience in order to give him a personality. And it's failed on both occasions. But it's not, I don't think I just don't understand it. I don't think it failed because the writing itself, like really saying, I don't like sports. I don't follow sports. I don't have hobbies. He says, I don't have any hobbies. So the writing is not trying to give him a personality because they literally write that he doesn't like sports. He doesn't like anything. He's we we learn that he's scared of drowning, and he went into deep space where you can suffocate. Like, what are you doing? Why? Why are they not giving him a personality? I don't know. Like, why are, like I said, why? It just makes know. no sense as a writer to write know. such a boring character. And it's not only boring to write it, but imagine the actor being like, bitch, really? He doesn't have any interests? Only weapons and, I don't know, being dramatic. I don't know. Pineapple? Pineapple. <laughs> At the start of this episode, I thought, Oh, look, he's he's really nervous and insecure about his breakfast with the captain. But no, he actually just thinks it's inappropriate and the captain should eat alone. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't want to. Just let him die next time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not giving us anything, so. So another one of my notes is suddenly there are a lot of nurses or medical professionals. I think... Yeah, I mean, there's been vast inconsistencies before in terms of is there a medical staff or isn't there? I think basically what it is is that there are, like uh, Cutler, there are maybe generic science officers who have a bit of medical training and they chip in when they're needed. But right. Box is the only actual true doctor. That's my headcanon. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, okay, next point. <laughs> I don't okay. like this well, episode. do you remember last? Do you remember last episode when your reason for something I excuse I had was science? This yeah. Is, this is the, yeah, this is the same thing now. Now that's all you're getting. Okay. Okay. So next note: Hoshi's gone, and suddenly the ship goes to shit. Coincidence? This every time I have the chance, I'm gonna say this. This is a Hoshi Sato love podcast. That's the no. There's no other way. I love that woman with my whole chest. She looked great with that bad hair as well. Yeah. Am I biased because she's a woman, beautiful, and she's a linguist? No. No, of course not. No, no. I, I, I you know, I'm not going to disagree with you, Andrea. I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, she does save the day with a concussion. She's trying to right. Find. Like the moment she's down, everything goes to shit. The moment she's like, "No, let me go to work. They're gonna fuck up." She basically is like, "They can't do this without me," and she's right. Yeah. On that, I have a question about the Romulans. The Romulans. I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this because I know it'll be answered later on in later series. I probably won't, but you go ahead and ask. Paul says that she's heard rumours about the Romulans. My understanding of the Romulans, I don't know where I've got this, so it could be just, as I said, a misunderstanding. My understanding, though, is that the Romulans are actually very, very distant cousins of the Vulcans. She's nodding her head. She's not going to say anything. I can't say. I mean, that's my understanding as well. That's what I thought. Okay. I do know where that thought came from. So I was confused. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe between this and when that happens, there's more information 
that I don't know, I don't know, but I thought that they were related. I thought yeah. that I thought that it was like the angry Vulcan cousin. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought Romulans were. Especially because they have a whole fucking empire. So they're obviously established. Yeah. It's not like they're pirates, space pirates and everything. Like they have a fucking minefield around a planet. They come and go invisibly. Um, like they have an empire. So they say it, this, the Roman star empire. So I'm not sure what the problem is to Vulcans not knowing them. Like, but there are many things I've heard. Well, not many things, but that there have been some things that have come out that I know from other shows. And the poll is like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> is she just being coy? She's just lying? I don't know. I don't want to believe that. It would make sense if the Vulcans were ashamed of the Romulans. Yeah, but I don't think that the moment to lie about it is when you're being threatened by them. No. <laughs> mm, I don't think Definitely so. Definitely not. Okay, I have another comment. Poor Mayweather, but also he did an amazing fucking job. Give that man a raise. Give him a, an actual rank. Make him official pilot of the Starfleet ships. Like, he got them out of there through a minefield. That man. I uh, I disagree. Wow. <laughs> you disagree. He did a bad job. He got them killed. No, I think, I think he did a good job. I think he did a good job up to a point. But there's a point in the episode... Where Trip says to Mayweather, Mayweather, you've been up all night or whatever. Go to sleep, go some rest. That's not what. Says, that's no, not. I think I should keep. No, that's not what she's. What does he say? What, he, what does he say? What does he say? You've earned yourself a break, Travis. Vincent Hutchison can cover the helm for a while. I mean, it's basically the same thing. No, because if he'd been up all night, that's different. No, that's a sub commander way of saying you're tired. You should rest. That's literally not it. That's exactly what it is. Uh, no. You did a good job, you deserve a rest, is not get the fuck out. Hmm, I think it is. I think you're just disagreeing with me now because I've disagreed with you two times. No, I think Mayweather should have, I think Mayweather should have gone to rest and allowed a fresher head take the reins. Because it reminded me of, in sports, it happens all the time where, like, the best player gets injured and you're like, okay, go off, rest. An injured player on the field is no good. And they stay on. I was like, you're just endangering the whole team because you're injured. But he's not injured. He's tired. No, he's stressed. He's very tired and stressed, exactly. You hate... Oh my god! I'm going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let me order them in the, t the way... Mm, I'm ignoring I've, you. Um, mm -hmm. I want to ask you if you think, would this episode with Reed again in a near-death experience, except this time with the captain. Do you think the writers were tempted? Do you think it would have been better if we'd got another stinky moment? No, I think it was a missed opportunity to fucking kill him. Yeah. Which actually reminds me, a question, a scientific question. If your spacesuit is breached or pierced in the vacuum of space, wouldn't you die? I'm not going to mention the Martian. I'm not going to mention the Martian. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. 
Um, <clears throat> so, Did the Martian answer this question? Well, it happened in the Martian. <laughs> okay, tell me, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 27 um, of Andrea Recaps the Martian. <laughs> I'm so surprised that I didn't add, add the Martian to our roster of films. <laughs> what am I waiting for? I feel like we've talked about it enough already that we don't need to do a podcast on Listen, I fucking love that movie, okay? Okay, um, so tell me. So basically, in there... Have you seen the movie? <laughs> yes, but not as much as you have. I also read the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, spoiler alerts for anybody that still, to this point, hasn't seen The Martian for whatever reason. <clears throat> the Martian, uh, when they get to Mars... Mars doesn't have an atmosphere, so basically it is the vacuum of space. So that's why I'm okay. comparing them. Yeah. So they go to Mars, and then there's a a sandstorm that is way harder and stronger than they thought on the radar. I remember this. Yeah. It's at the beginning of the movie. So This is how he gets stranded. Right. Exactly. So he he's running to the ship and he gets stabbed by the communication antenna or something like a metal rod into his leg or something like he gets stabbed in the in his body i don't remember when where and he's knocked out and they go without him presume him dead and they go out get back to earth or get traveling back to earth and he's basically knocked out cold in the storm and when he wakes up he stabbed it through the suit and his body and his oxygen is beeping that is uh going into a lower level but i think that in the same movie or and book they explain that it's because the blood helped close the hole like the blood and the sand were were helping close the gap so i don't think it's an immediate thing i think once all the air goes out, you explode or whatever the fuck happens to you in space. But the air, I mean, we talked about it with the sides of the hole in that episode. Uh, yeah. I do think that size <laughs> matters. And also the Enterprise's spacesuits have a, a gel, apparently, that once it's ripped, it closes the gap, which is great. Great technology. I like that. I'm gonna give kudos to the things that I did like I like that that happens but then it also when he disconnects his thing trying to kill himself by basically drowning because he's suffocating yeah then it, it would have ha- it would have had to happen again right that the oxygen completely runs out but I don't think that's how it works though my mind does say that that is how it should work because vacuum would pull everything out. But even when you're pulling a vacuum with a vacuum cleaner, it's not instant. Like, it has to suck it out. So I think if there's a small enough hole, the air molecules still have to fit into it and go out. So it's not like a... It's like a stream. So that's my Martian rant. I mean, it has been a while since my last Martian rant. It has. No, it has. I appreciated that. No, I mean, I, it answered my question. So, anyway, guys, go watch The Martian <laughs> and read the book. The the book is so good. Speaking about the suit, yep, he went to the bathroom in it. Yep. 
Okay. What would be the only option available? So he could have held it. I mean, maybe he tried. Maybe he had been holding it all that time already. Uh, if you're if you're gonna get into if you're going to walk on a spacewalk, you better go to the bathroom first. I mean, there's literally a mine attached to your to your ship. You yeah, exactly. You're gonna need to be to ready. You're gonna need to be ready to go out. So fucking piece and shit before you go out into space, or put on a diaper. I just think like I hate this episode. Don't try to don't try to. I just think, oh, we've got a we've got a mine on the ship. Reed, you better get out there and, and disarm it. Hang on, I just have to go to the toilet first. Yeah, not. I would appreciate. It's probably it. not going to go down well. No, get out there and do your job. No, I would appreciate him going to the bathroom so he can be a hundred percent on the job. Wow, I just think it's funny that last week you were like, oh no, it's it's Reed's job to get the shit beaten out of him, and here you're like, no, no, it's not his job to shit himself to save the crew. I'm just thinking of poor Dr. Flux having to open that suit up to go to heal him and shit smelling his shit everywhere. Yeah, well, you know. Shit happens. Yeah, it, uh, they, it do. It do happen. <laughs> Speaking of suits, though. Yeah. Do you think that the uniforms are slightly bluer? Maybe. I don't know. I think they're, sli- I think they're slightly bluer. Did you notice that on the second episode or this episode? I noticed it more on this episode because this episode was actually about the crew of Enterprise. And right. Develops the plot and characters somehow where the other one didn't. It didn't develop anything because Reed doesn't have a personality to develop. It developed Archer. I think we learned a lot more about Archer. You're trying to justify something that is I, not no. justified. No, I'm not. I just, no. <laughs> I genuinely think... That we learned something more about Archer. He values his crew. He values their opinions. Okay, I have a I have a question for you. Okay. About Archer. Okay. Why is Archer and the captain of a ship not prepared to dismantle a bomb? I think that that should be like that is an armory's officer job. I understand that, mm-hmm. but I think that. Just one person in the whole ship knows how to dismantle a bomb. I think the captain of a ship this big and with this many years in front of them should know how to dismantle a bomb. Call me crazy. I think we discussed this before in terms of what field Archer came from. And we yeah, I think he's a pilot. But I think that the moment that he's moved up to captain of a ship, there's some things that he may need to learn. First aids. No, because... I think disarming a bomb is probably something that the captain, who you want to stay alive, should delegate to someone else who's a bit more expendable. He did, and what happened? Yeah, well, that that wasn't Reed's fault. Kind of was. I don't think so. I, I can't fault that Ar- Archer in this episode, because even though you could argue that Archer was reckless in going out onto the ship to disarm the thing after Reed had failed, but he knew that even though he was captain... He was probably the most expendable crew on the bridge in terms of to get out of that situation. They needed the engineer. They needed the science officer. They needed the translator. I can't fault Archer. The translator was already gone. And they needed her. I know. They still needed her, Andrea. I know. Okay, then. Where are the rest of the security officers that know how to dismantle bombs, then? That are expendable? 
maybe they were injured. All in of the them. Blast. Well, there's only two. Right. That's my point. There needs to be someone else that can. Well, there's well, three in total. Reed was already out there, and two Listen, of them. I'm you're not going to change my mind. I think the captain should have learned how to dismantle a bomb when he was promoted. I think the last thing you want your captain doing is going out to dismantle a bomb. Ideally, the last person to dismantle a bomb should be the captain, unless in this episode, your current disarmer is unable to disarm the bomb, but they are able to relay instructions. And as captain, you're probably the most expendable. Like the only the only thing Archer is good for as a captain is his authority. As far as we know, he doesn't really have any useful skills. Um, which is why I'm suggesting that he picks up some. <laughs> I I just think disarming a bomb is probably not on the top of priority list for a captain. Well, I would like to. If I was a captain, I would like to know to know how to do things for my crew. <laughs> if I was a captain, I would definitely want someone else disarming the bomb. Yeah, you and I know that are very different people. <laughs> very different people. We've talked about this before. I think before we even had the podcast where we talked about what kind of captain we would be. I mean, I, well, I wouldn't be captain anyway. I would have no exact, way Exactly. I would, I, would ha- I would happily stay ensign into my 60s. <laughs> I know. I would love to be captain of Starship. Because that would make me... Able to date Kirk. <laughs> same rank, same rank. But not to Paul and Trip, because they're your subordinates. But they're together. Also, if I'm dating Kirk, you they're dead. You wouldn't be able to do a thruple, though. You wouldn't be able to do a thruple. If I am dating Kirk, they are dead. To Paul might not be. My, that is correct. But then she would be retired, and I can date her. And no worries about the age <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have more notes. So when Archer is out helping him, mm-hmm. you can distinctly see where the green screen is cut out because the coloring on them is so bad. Like the contrast is not right for the lightning and everything. And it's just, why are you doing this? If you can't, don't do it. Just up the contrast. It's not that hard. Um. I have to admit, I already hated this episode, so it didn't help. And you know that I'm the first person to watch something bad and be like, I know, I know, it's bad. I like the X-Men. I like Doctor Who. I liked Supernatural back then. I like the original series. It's not about these special effects for me. I understand that, but I already hated this episode. So it's like, can't you be bothered to up the contrast a little bit? (laughs) I can't believe that our first episode, about two separate episodes, has led to this contrast of you hating one and liking <laughs> the other, and then me hating the other, Listen, me I hating think, the one you liked. I um, think it's interesting. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The thing I noticed about that scene, the whole, not that scene, but everything basically with Archer and, and Reed outside, was <laughs> Archer's... Archer spacewalk, <laughs> like it was just so bad. It was like, okay, Scott Backlev, walk like you're in space. <laughs> and it was it like also doesn't make anybody's... sense. Anybody's no go 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 on. No, it was very funny. That's all. It was just it reminded me of John Wayne's walk. 
Um, and I also found it very, very funny <laughs> when Archer just, when Reed pulls out his, his tube thing and Archer just throws <laughs> his arm out like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> like, bro, slow cam. <laughs> I there better be a gif of that. I want there to be a gif of that because that's yeah. that's surely the best what the fuck arm throw out. <laughs> yeah. I think it it doesn't make sense to me because why are they moving slow as if there's so much gravity when there shouldn't be any gravity? They're like tired of moving, but they are in space. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that that the the scene where he that's the funniest of the episode. And he throws away the thing that they're using to disarm the, the scanner. It's like, you might need that. I know. I don't think he thought that through. No, no. Okay, what what other notes do you have? My other note. Well, my, one of my notes is that, and it's not really related to the episode, but like, aquaphobia is a rational fear. I don't, like, phobias, as minus line go, are technically all irrational fears. I feel fear of water is a, a very rational fear. I Unless, agree. you know, you're scared of a glass of water or rain or something. No, but like I don't an think open... A, I don't think we need a term for that. I think an open... Uh, fearing an open body of water for sinking and drowning is completely logical considering the record that we have of going... Humans going into bodies of water and dying. Yeah. It makes sense. If anything, if you're not afraid of that, you're the irrational one. I'm not afraid of that. I I mean, I don't understand. I am afraid of drowning, but I it doesn't stop me from going into open ocean. I fucking love the ocean. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I go into open ocean. I would never swim out into the open oh, ocean. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I have been me into the water, not on a boat. I have been on a boat, but I've been me in the water in the open ocean. Oh, no. I love that I, shit. I, I, if it's so freeing, uh, oh my god! But I, because I know in that situation I am safe. I'm either on a boat or whatever. I'm I'm safe. But if I, like if a plane crashed and I was just in the middle of the ocean, th- then I would panic because it's like if I get tired, if I get beaten, if I get hurt, I'm dying. <laughs> That's different. But if I'm in a controlled environment, I'm okay. I just don't trust that the ocean is a controlled environment. <laughs> I don't Listen, care if the right there. I'm like, what if the boat goes? What if something hits the boat? Well, the times that I've been with a boat, the the captain of the boat was my uncle, so I really hope that he didn't leave. Fair. I do like the water. When I was a baby, well, not a baby, I already knew how to talk and knew what the horoscope signs were. But when I was a baby, I thought that you could pick your horoscope depending on what you liked and what, how you were. And I said, oh, I'm Pisces or Aquarius because I like the water. I I love the water. Yeah, but you're you're a fire sign, aren't you? I, I am. <laughs> Which is <laughs> why I think I like the water. It calms me down <laughs> because otherwise this is how I am every day. Fair, fair. Anyway, more of our commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to comment on how annoying... Reed's theatrics, heroics, dramatics are, I cannot, like, my note is, I have two notes about this. Reed is so dramatic, oh my fucking god. And then, like, a while later, I quite literally 
can't stand Reed's heroics. I literally, I quite literally can't stand. <laughs> I wrote that angrily because we saw them on the other episode, near death episode, stinky episode as well. And I just can't. You don't have enough of a personality for your heroics to mean shit. I think there's a difference. I think I think in the the Shuttlepod one, I don't think he was being heroic because oh well, he, no, he was being heroic. He did vol- he did volunteer to to go outside when Trip was yeah. Uh, no, he was he was he was saying you can stay for a few more hours without me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I. I I didn't mind that. What bothered me was his smackiness with the captain when Archer was trying to, again, just kind of engage him in conversation and he was like... You didn't follow any particular sport? Well, I'm afraid I haven't started following one since breakfast, sir. I hate him. I hate him. I don't like him. I don't think... I... I don't think... I don't think I don't I don't know. I don't know how could how could I hate someone so much if they have no personality? Like they have nothing for me to hate, but I think that's what I hate. Because sometimes you can see that you don't like a person because of how they act or what they like or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I don't like that you like football, actually. I don't like that you're a jock. I don't like that. But this guy He's given so many opportunities to like something, to be interesting, to do something with his life. And he's just like, no, I don't have any hobbies. I do have family drama, though. Yeah, we know. He does have family drama. Yeah. Again, though, I just, I still, I still prefer this episode. I would much rather an episode about a Star Trek character that I dislike rather than an episode about not Star Trek characters that I'm never going to see again. Don't care about. Well... I agree to disagree. We'll have to. Twice in the same episode. That's a first for us. I know. Yeah. We rarely agree to disagree. Yeah. I, I'm i going to pose this as a question, even though we know the answer. Do you think that next week, the big hole in the ship will be not really Of big? course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, do they just have spare things on it? Like... I th- I just think it's funny because they were all like, "Oh, we won't be able to replace that bit of hole sheathing if we like detach it." But I know next week they're definitely going to have repaired that whole section of the ship. It's either they still have the hole, but they're on their way to repair it, and the episode is like in a space station or whatever, or the hole is mysteriously repaired, and it's science. I find that very hard to believe that none of them died. Science! There's no red shirts yet. There's no red shirts. That's Yeah, that's why they're not dead. Because they're not red shirts. Um, Reed, Reed is technically a red shirt. No, there, he's a red line. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I meant technically. Like, technically. He's a red line. Technically, he's a red line. Yeah, but technically. Technically, he's a red line. Technically, he's a red line. No red shirt. Yeah, but that he doesn't wear a shirt. Yeah, but that basically he doesn't wear a shirt. That basically he doesn't wear a shirt. He doesn't wear a shirt. red shirt. Yeah, but he's not. He wears a blue. Yeah, suit. but if he was in modern track, he'd wear a red shirt, wouldn't he? And he would have been dead. Yeah, but so yeah, but he'd be a red shirt. He would be a red shirt. 
And he would have died because he's a red shirt, but he's not red yet. Not necessarily, because captains wear red now in sort of. He's not dead because he's not a red shirt. Anyway, there's an alloy called. <laughs> <laughs> there's a what? This is my last point, and it had me cackling. Um, duratanium alloy, and it's very hard. <laughs> oh wow, that's like um, it's like unobtainium in Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Trip says it at the end, but I don't know what he's referring to. I think it's oh, the doors for the explosion. It's the, the hatch, the the shuttle. Yeah, they're hatch. made of duratanium alloy. Brilliant. <laughs> and I heard that and I had to go back, listen back to it and read the subtitles to me. Like I did not make that shit up. Could they not make a word up? Like let's take D U out. Gratanium. Or just use a metal that we all know, surely, like, I don't know. No, because then I understand that people would be like, it wouldn't, under- it wouldn't uh, survive a 25 kiloton explosion. I understand that. Just make one up, but not, don't call it Duratanium. Make one up with a better name. Change, it's okay, Duratanium. But the, someone would have been like, just change the the, the words around. Radurata, Raduratanium. Just make it up. Make it sound exotic. Make it sound... Wow, they got it from the valleys of Mars. It was so funny to me. It's definitely lazy. Yeah. Um. So, was the poll right? Was Paul right? Well, she didn't really have any opinions this episode to be right about. She was right when she said, there's no point in me questioning your orders, is there? She was right there because there was no point. He was going to do it. She wasn't not right, is what we're saying. She wasn't wrong, exactly. And now, for the awards. I think I would consider this the worst episode, just because I hate Reed so much. No. Uh, There's not a horny moment, there's not a spin-off character, there's not a line on a shirt that I would particularly like. And I would not recommend this episode for a new person. No, I definitely wouldn't recommend it for a new person. No. I wouldn't recommend Carbon Creek either. No, me neither. It's not representative of the show. Yeah, it comes under the category of it has nothing to do with Star Trek. <laughs> like, no other episode is like this. Do you have anything else to add about uh, either of those episodes? Uh, I will only, No, the only thing that I would say is that even though I liked Minefield slightly more than Carbon Creek, I still hope that our next... I, I hope that we're on an upward curve now. I agree with you. We agree on something. <laughs> we yeah. agree on something. <laughs> I wish this is the worst wish thing this season. <laughs> Please. Um, If this is the most we've disagreed this season, we've disagreed on other things more. Yeah. Yeah, this is okay. I think... Let's leave it at that, huh? Enterprise season two? Let's leave it at that. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode where we discussed Garden Creek and Minefield. Hope you enjoyed and we'll be back next week. You can follow us on our socials on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram at PodMeUpScotty or email us telling us to shut up about the Martian <laughs> <laughs> at uh, PodMeUpScotty at gmail.com. 
Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Scotty, come in. Ready to beam up. Beam us up home.